What a week it's been. So much to talk about and so many things we can't talk about. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the villain Marty Scurll and you are listening to Behind, no sorry, what was it? Me and my friend Mark, we're gonna stop watching. I'm Mark. And I'm Harris. And we'd like to welcome you to Behind the Gorilla, a podcast where we delve into the wild, wacky, and crazy side of professional wrestling. How's it going, everyone? Welcome to a uh, BTG Extra episode of Behind the Gorilla, which is basically just when we talk about pay-per-views. That's really all the BTG Extra episodes are. And um, pretty much the only pay-per-views we talk about are the Royal Rumble, WrestleMania, and then the AEW pay-per-views. And that's pretty much it. And then NWA, because they're coming back. Yeah, we talked. NWA's coming back. Heck they're yeah, they're coming back, uh, what, what, what is it, uh, April? Like middle of April, it's they got a pay-per-view. End of March. I checked the date. End of March. It's like the last March. Sunday in March. Okay, I think okay. 27th, maybe. Nice, it's on my nice. radar, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to watch it. And um, apparently, they're going to start a new show, I guess. I guess it'll be on Fight TV or something. So I'm not sure about the specifics, but That's yeah, what I think cares? is, because they took all their back. stuff off of YouTube, which kind of pissed me off. And uh, um, so it looks like they're going to do that, which means I won't be watching it, because I'm not paying for weekly wrestling. I'm sorry, I'm just not. I just... I just, I just, I just don't, just don't. I don't know how people do it because yeah, there's like no. 800 wrestling companies that all have weekly paid wrestling things and or monthly paid or whatever it is. And I, I don't know how these other fans on wrestling Twitter are following all this stuff. I don't know how they have the money to do it. I'm just like, nope. I watch AEW because I can watch it for free. Then there we are. I still pay for WWE Network solely for my research for podcast episodes yeah. and uh and then that's it then i'll buy the AEW pay-per-views four times a year and that's the money i spend on wrestling or in the one month of the new japan world for wrestle yep. kingdom and that's that's about it so i don't know how you guys do it i don't know how you guys are paying for this stuff but props to you and and, and always- how you have the time to follow all this stuff but props to all you wrestling fans who who are following multiple companies because it it's it's beyond me I always figured a lot of it is just pirated, but I, well, I wouldn't that's, know. That's I don't follow true. enough that's of fair. it to know like even who else does weekly pay-per-views. I don't track it that much. I don't even have time to watch like Dynamite or SmackDown right now. <laughs> Forget right. whatever else is out there in the ether. Yeah, you really picked the wrong uh, the <laughs> you picked the, the wrong job yeah. for for a wrestling fan. You really did. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I know. Listen, I've thought about this. I I don't know if I'm, you know, if I'm going to make a career out of this or if and when I leave. But I am like, I would like to go to WrestleMania one day. Uh, and that's <laughs> it, not it's not happen. all it's cut up to be, Harris. I'm sorry. It's just not. <laughs> well, no, if you don't go, then it'll be good. But just don't go if go it's ever in Atlanta get, or when they get tanked. Well, no danger of that for a few years. Yeah, but I know here's the trade off. It's that the fall in college football is more manageable. If I had to have a problem True. with one of those two, I, I I would rather have the problem with wrestling because you can still do the Rumble and you can still do SummerSlam and like whatever over the summer. There's other events because wrestling goes year long. Right. And WrestleMania is a nice little break right before the finish line. Yeah. And by break, I mean like I can stop working for, well, seven hours because WrestleMania is a long show and sit down. And watch some wrestling and get bored with wrestling and then go do tax returns again because WrestleMania is too long. 
Yeah, and but if we're not they keep doing if they keep tonight. doing these dumb oh. two day things, I'm sorry, I hate that, Harris. I hate it. I hate the two day wrestling events. I like it better than an eight hour WrestleMania. I'd rather have the eight hour. I mean, I hate that too, but I'd rather have it one day. I I just rather have it one day. I don't. I just don't like them. I don't like New Japan doing it. I don't like WrestleMania doing it. It's just, it just, it, you just can't care about the first day the same. It's just. I don't know. I it's just too much. I don't want to do it for two days. It's like if you had two Super Bowls back to back. It's like right. Yeah, you know. I I don't know. I just I like the one day being a thing. Like this is the event. It's here. It's now. You can get excited when it's like the weekend. It's just it's just different. I don't know. I don't know. I can't I can't elocute it any more than that. It's just I I I like the one day better. But that's just me. Um. Anyway, we're not talking about WrestleMania. Because that's not for another month. and um, But AEW Revolution took place this weekend. And di- uh, disappointingly, it was on a Sunday. Would have been much nicer if it was on Saturday night, like most of their pay-per-views are. Wrestling pay-per-views should stay on Saturday night because it it's better for everyone. I think, I think we can all agree Saturday nights are better. Oh, yeah, and it's way better for our podcast obviously which is the most important thing but also stuff like you know my sleep schedule and work (laughs) habits the next day and things like that too yeah exactly it would be much nicer and apparently w w i can't talk double or nothing is also going to be on a sunday which everyone was complaining about and then tony khan mentioned it's a three-day weekend because i guess it's memorial day weekend they're doing double or nothing yeah that's great when is that is that I don't the know. Was, is it, May? It was like the first it... week of May or something okay, like that. Okay, so it's in the summer. Okay, great. Cool. Then I actually have a three-day weekend. I think it's cool. the first week of May is Memorial okay. Day or maybe the second. Regardless, it's really soon though. Like that's yeah. like two months away. It's kind of weird time to do it. But yeah, Tony, that's wonderful. Unless you work in the radio business where I get literally four days a week a year off. And uh, this year only two. Because Christmas and New Year's are on Saturdays. Ooh. And do they make it up with my job? No. So I literally, you know what days I get off, Harris? I get off Thanksgiving Day. And I get off Good Friday randomly. For some reason, we have Good Friday off. We get Good Friday off, Thanksgiving, Christmas Day, not Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, and New Year's Day, not New Year's Eve. Those are the days we get off. Those four. And this year, Weird. only two. So, that doesn't help me, Tony. Go back to Saturdays, please. Um, anyway, yeah. that t- but uh, revolution happened. And Harris, I think overall we can all agree it was slightly disappointing. It was uh, now. Now, to be fair, there's a high bar of AEW pay per views. It's kind of like the way NXT takeovers were for the first couple years, where it's like every show yeah. was just solid. It was all they were all great. Like not even good. They were all great. So, this one. Where I wouldn't say it was great, and I would say this is prop. I would definitely say this is the weakest AEW pay per view of all time so far. Again, that's a small sample size, and that ooh, doesn't. Ooh. And I and I don't I don't think it was bad. So so don't get me wrong there. I do not think this was a bad show. I thought this was a good show, but I did not think it was up to par with the other AEW pay per views we've seen so far. Interesting. So yeah, I it definitely felt like AEW. I think is a little bit different because to me. Except for Double or Nothing, all of the names of their different events all run together for me. And How does All Out do that? That was their first thing, really. Yeah, I know. I, I like I remember Double or Nothing, and I remember All Out, 
but it just feels like the it's just a blur of like vaguely casino themed names that feels There's like everything two. that they do. I just, just I'm telling you, man, it it just feels. How is full gear a casino that, term? They're just vague, Mark. Like I have the WWE calendar firmly in my mind, and I have the Big Four, the Big Five. Sure. And then I know that everything in between is minor, but like. And we'll change names in, every year. Right. Well, and it's hard. I don't. And it's have just that names of matches. AEW yet. So some of their pay per views, like Full Gear and Revolution, that are just like real generic wrestling names kind sure. of run by all that to say like this definitely felt like like a b-tier aew pay-per-view i didn't think it was bad at all no, i no, think no, there were neither. a lot of i think there were a lot of good moments i think and look we'll we'll talk about it i think uh, it may be the last i don't know minute of that show really heavily impacts how <laughs> i feel about the show as a whole oh we'll I get to that i think that's true i'm trying to think before we get too far into it i'm trying to think of other aew cards that you would put up there as like the weakest well again, like there's not one, many I, that's the that's the other thing yeah. like there's not they have a really high bar so again even their worst pay-per-view is still good yeah, so, and they don't have know. as many of them either. So right, right. Yeah, and again, it's a small sample size too. So again, don't get me wrong. Yeah. I'm not saying this is a bad show by any stretch. But when you take apart the massive amount of hype that there was for this mm-hmm. and then what we got, it it did not live up to it. And, and regardless of the finale, which we'll talk about, obviously, but regardless of that, this this only had one thing that lived up to its expectations, in my opinion, and it was the... It was the Darby Allen Sting match. That was the only match to me that actually lived up to the hype that it had behind it. Nothing else quite did. Not necessarily they were bad, but nothing else quite lived up to the hype that I thought there was. Interesting. Okay, no, I can I can see that. And the more I think about the show, I think talking about it, I'll, I'll have a firmer decision. Because I think what happened is I watched it, and there were a lot, like there were matches and moments that I was like, oh yeah, that's good. And then there were matches where I finished doing my laundry. Like yep. that did happen. Yeah. Yes. So, yes, it was. It was one of those I, shows. Yeah, I think I need to weigh all those together. So you, you want to just get into it? You want to yeah. run through the card? Yeah, we'll start. Uh, start with the buy-in show. Um, uh, one of our oh, uh, one of our female patron saints of the show, Thunder Rosa, wrestling uh, with Rio against Britt Baker and Reba. Of course, it wasn't Reba, and they did the big surprise with uh, uh, Maki Makio. Mac- Makiito, I I don't know how to, I forgot what her name was pronounced as Makiito, I think the Japanese wrestler. Everyone went nuts. I don't watch Japanese wrestling. I don't watch women's Japanese wrestling. I didn't know this was, but all the other fans did. So um, they were, you know, there was a lot of hype for it, and that's that's cool. She was fun to watch. It was fine match. Um, Thunder Rosa's a star. I'm sorry, Thunder Rosa, when she lost to Nia Jax. This past weekend in this tournament, I was like, that was the dumbest thing you could have ever done. You took all the interest out of this entire tournament. And we yep. had Nia yep. Jax versus another Japanese. I, I, shoot, I what was her name? Uh, doing this as a bit or not, but it is Nyla Rose. I know they're the same wrestler in the same gimmick, but I, I, I technic- did not do it on purpose. We're going to pretend that we did. <laughs> I thought um, that was a bit. That was pretty good. We're going to pretend that it was. But anyway, it's basically the same character. And, um, yeah, I would say, uh, Re, uh, Ryo Mizunami, um, the, the Japanese, the one who won the Japanese bracket. And again, 
I'm, sh- I'm I know she's veteran the you know whatever but all I know is just from what Excalibur told me during the match I didn't know this mm-hmm. was you the only person who's a star you have two stars in your company somewhat and it's Thunder Rosa and it's Britt Baker as, as great as Akara Shida is she's mm-hmm. not up to the level of recognition and character that the other two are not even close mm-hmm. you and it's just I just don't understand I don't know if it's just because she hasn't officially signed with them I don't know if she's still signed with NWA I would assume she is yeah Thunder she's Rosa. gonna be on the pay-per-view at so least. That's the only reason I can think of why they're not going with her. That's mm-hmm. the only thing I can think of, which which makes sense. But then mm-hmm. when you have her on the show, she she's so she's so above everyone else that then when you don't have her in the thing, like in at the spot, it just makes the spot not feel as big. It, that's just for me. She's the only woman wrestler I care about. I'm sorry. In all of wrestling, that's about it is uh, Thunder Rosa. So that's that's my own bias here. Not not caring about it. But um. Anyway, but that was a fun tag match. It was fine. Um, it was fun. It was fine. You know, it was what it was. They they got the, you know, Thunder Rosa and Rio lost. But, I mean, oh well. There's only so much you can ask me to care or say about a pre-show match. Mm-hmm. And I love Thunder Rosa. And I was, you know, I, I was following her through the tournament. And then she lost to Nyla Rose. And I was like. Oh, okay, we're doing this again. Yep. I'll be honest. I, I did not watch the conclusion of the tournament. I thought Nyla Rose had won and was challenging for the title again. Because <laughs> I watched – so I, I went back and I rewatched the Shaq match. Yeah. And then I, di- I didn't get a chance to finish that episode of Dynamite. Okay. So I, I, I knew by the time the show started that she was not fighting for the title again. But when I saw that she beat Thunder Rosa, I legitimately thought that's what they were doing again. <laughs> oh, anyway. Yeah, that's uh, that is fair. Um, but anyway, so it was what it was. Pre-show match. And it's fine. Um, all right. So the main card. Thank the Lord. We got the Young Bucks crap out of the way. Um, we got to just get it over with. And, um, you know, tag team match. Chris Jericho and MJF. We've made no bones about it. We're over the Young Bucks. Sorry. We're just not. We're not Young Bucks fans. It's- they bore us. They annoy us. Not the, for the re- not not for the same re. Well, I guess for some of the same reasons as Jim Cornette, but not to that level. But um, no, 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 uh, no, no, no. Yeah, all, all the respect entirely... in the world for the Young Bucks. Again, we know they're great. There's no question about that. They are fantastic performers, and they have the ability to put on put on amazing matches. They just choose they choose to do this other thing most of the time that we're just not a fan of. Um now fortunately, they didn't really do that in this match. This was a much better match. You did not have as much of the same finisher, you know, the 12 million near fall kickouts and stuff. It wasn't as bad. Did it happen? Yes, of course it did. It's a Young Bucks match, but it didn't happen as often as in most of their matches. And I feel like that has to be just cuz that's not the way Jericho and MJF wrestle. So yeah. I appreciated that. I thought the match was fine. I I, I enjoyed it. Um, obviously the Young Bucks were never gonna lose. That was, you know, that was obvious. That's one of my. That's a little qualm I had about the show is most of the show was very predictable. Um, outcomes I thought, or a good bit of it, or at least while you're watching the match, it was because there's a difference. There's there's predictability going into the match, and there's predictability as you watch mm-hmm. the match, especially if yeah. you've watched wrestling for as long as as I have. Um, so this one was, was, was the latter. I'm sitting there and I'm like, okay, I'm watching this match. I can, I can follow how this is most likely going to play out. Um, 
but it was fine. I was a little disappointed we didn't do a Sammy Guevara thing. I was kind of hoping yeah, for that. That's I thought that would have been a fun thing. That would have been a fun thing. It would have helped the match a lot. And uh, without that, it just kind of, you know, just what is what it was what it was. And they lost and they were the Young Bucks won. And it was kind of it. Like nothing really happened. Like no, nothing story wise really seemed to happen all that much. Yeah, I mean, I. so here's my thing about the Young Bucks. It isn't so much their in-ring products, which we know is good, but, you know, matter of taste. Right. It's really, it, it isn't that so much, although it's one of those things where, like, when you're kind of over a wrestler and everyone else talks about how good their matches are, like, the more that annoys you. Yeah, To yeah. the point where you might not like their matches, but it's really not that. I just don't see, like, you know, you, you know, like, when the Young Bucks got big, and they were doing what they were doing, and they were like, you know, this indie god tag team that was just, you know, lighting up every indie show and having these crazy spot fest matches, you know, at PWG and, like, the big indie shows, WrestleMania weekend and all this stuff. The reason that works is because they're this big independent tag team that is doing, like, incredible matches and proudly, like, flaunting any major company or any WWE thing. So they can be obnoxious little pricks and it works because they have this real life underdog vibe to them where every match kind of feels like a party and a celebration of pro wrestling. That doesn't work when they're the champions and featured weekly on a television show that airs on cable television and is consistently like beating all of its opposition, you know, and all they do is they just talk about how great they are and how good of a tag team they are and how much money they make every single time like there's no I, I don't i'm not invested in them yeah this was a heel versus heel match which is fine but i'm sitting there and i'm like man i wish jericho and mjf would win because that would make the title like the title picture a lot more interesting yeah i heard um so I listened to another wrestling podcast. I'm sure that's a surprise to all of you. But the <laughs> the Cultaholic Wrestling Podcast last week, somebody described them as two Charlotte Flares running around every episode of Dynamite. And that's what it is. And I never could have put my finger on it until they said that. But it's just this like, yeah, we're great. Everyone knows we're great. We're going to get title matches just because. We're going to win a lot just because. And you guys like it, right? And except with Charlotte. And, and what? Why do they hate Cody for it? And he doesn't even do that. And they hate Cody for Cody's that. Better at it and too. not them. That's what. Yeah. That's what's frustrating is that when Charlotte does it, it's annoying. But it's kind of like she at least knows that she's, she's also the mostly a and heel. She's there to get booed. Right. Exactly. And people boo her, even right. if it's you know out of kayfabe, like oh, we don't want you having this title shot. It still functions as a heel. But nothing about the Young Bucks. Like, they can't work a heel match. They don't have this towering size advantage that Charlotte Flair has. Their whole point is that they're flippy and fun. Right. Except they're just obnoxious. Anyway, look, I'm I'm getting (laughs) past the point here. The match was fine, but, like, I I don't know, man. It's hard for me to get invested in the Young Bucks when they try to sell us on, like, the emotion of they beat down their father or whatever. That That was bad. That was a bad segment too. Look, I'm yeah. sorry. Th- this is why it was bad. It, it's a good. It's it. it's a good idea. It's a good heel right. thing to do. The problem is when he's bloody in the back. You're like, okay, this is just dumb because 
if it's a wrestler, wrestlers bleed for real. Like that's the thing. So even if maybe it's a time when maybe they're using fake blood or something, which I'm sure has happened from time to time, Roman Reigns. Um, but <laughs> but I thought of that too. Like that's, but it's fine because it does happen. Like regardless of if they're cutting themselves or not, like they bleed for real. When it's the dad, you're like, okay, he's clearly not actually bleeding. This is just dumb. Like, and he's, he's not a wrestler, so he's not good at acting beaten up. And like when they throw him against the truck, it just, you know, he's not a wrestler. Again, it's not his fault at all. It's just certain things just don't work when you go the extra. AEW sometimes makes the prop, makes the mistake of going too far with certain things when they don't need to. It's like, okay, if you had just gone with base level, this would work. If you just, all right, they're in the back, they're wailing on him, something like that. There it is. Boom. You work. It worked. That's a great heel angle. But when you go the extra thing, oh, we're going to have him bloody and all this. It's like, well, now it's just stupid. Like you went too far and now it's dumb. So that that didn't even really work. Hey, put a pin in that because we're going to come back to that idea later in the show. That's uh, yeah, that's fair. Um, (laughs) Anyway, yeah. Sorry, not, not like the most entertaining thing about this match, just to put a bow on it, was the Chris Jericho interview after the match. <laughs> where he's like, yeah. I've never failed in anything in my life, you idiot. Yeah, like that, that was great. It was great. And That's and Sammy Guevara tweeting, just laughing. That was yeah. great, too. I enjoyed that. Although still, we should have seen Sammy Guevara on the show. That just missed opportunity. That That's one of those things where even though it's obvious it's like the right thing like that that's a that's the mm-hmm. thing wwe does all the time it's like okay this is clearly the right thing to do but they don't do it because they know it's obvious it's like okay well sometimes obvious is still the the best way to go and i feel like that might have been the case here where they're like oh everyone expects this or whatever so we're not gonna do it uh, mm-hmm. maybe not maybe may, you know may, maybe they could have something else but to me it would have helped the match significantly um so then we had a weird tag team casino, basically a tag team Royal Rumble, which was an interesting idea. I thought that was an interesting idea and it was fine, but it's just like, you know, it was a good way to get a lot of people on the card. It's better than just doing the, tr- it's better than the traditional, just worthless, whatever Memorial Battle Royal that WWE has just killed us with over the past 10 years. So I appreciated something different. Did I really care much about it? Mm, no, but it was fine. It was fine. I enjoyed it enough. I was really pissed Jungle Boy didn't win. They keep having him not win things, and it's starting to annoy me. Well, that's because they— And I, I got nothing against Ray Phoenix. Like, I love Ray Phoenix, right. and I love that he won. And them two at the end was probably the best wrestling we saw in the whole show. That was um, my favorite sequence of the night. The oh, yeah, it was amazing. Was it was amazing. Awesome. It was awesome. Really, I was just really pissed good. Jungle Boy lost, but that's right. just my own personal fandom. But, um— Oh, it was, yeah, it was great. That was, that was, yeah, that was the best, the best wrestling we saw in the whole show was just them two at the end. And everyone's just like, yes, let's just have them wrestle for three hours at, this at every was low, show. Let's just, yeah, let's this, just do that. <laughs> this was low key. Like maybe not my favorite match of the night. Cause I feel like I never, like I rarely loved it at any point, but yeah. I really enjoyed this. This was a really yeah, fun, bad. like. When I say this felt like a mid-tier pay-per-view and, like, some matches didn't really live up to the hype, I felt like this one felt like a pay-per-view match. Like, this yeah, was yeah. good. And I liked it. You it felt like a spectacle. Your best talent. You got to see Luchasaurus come out there and dump some people, and you've got, like, that great finale with 
Death Triangle and Jungle Boy hanging out, and he almost gets the win. Like, that whole final sequence is great. They also get to run a bunch of tag teams out there that I like are from Dark that I haven't seen a lot of because I barely get to watch Dynamite these days, let alone any of the other shows. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, wait, there's a tag team called Bear Country, and it's just <laughs> these two big old Hoss guys? That's oh, awesome. Man. Sign them to the NWA, Country. man. Dude, I want to see Bear Country fight Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy. I want to see Orange Cassidy get in a team with Pineapple Pete and fight Bear Country. I'm all about <laughs> tag teams with themes. Yeah. Just little things like that where you're like, all right, this is fun. I feel like this is a good combination of elevating people with some stakes because it's for a tag title shot. The fact that like your tag partner could get eliminated but you could still win made it fun and had a really cool spot at the end, you know, where Jungle Boy was outnumbered. Like there's a lot of really good stuff going on here. I really like Jungle Boy it. eliminating Pack was great. Yeah, that was using his moment. momentum against him. Yeah, was perfect. Yeah, that, that was fantastic. And just yeah, that whole end segment was just fantastic. The only little nitpick is just my wrestling purist thing. It's just like, OK, Ray Phoenix literally just got obliterated and still doing offense It's kind of annoying, but it was yeah. just so much fun to watch. I didn't even care. But um, yeah, I was just mad that Jungle Boy lost. But but yeah, that that in that in segment was just fantastic. I mean, which is to be expected from Phoenix and Jungle Boy because they're two of the best they're two of the best just in ring performers in AEW um as far as just excitement goes but uh yeah so that was fun it was fun it was different they added a twist to uh, something we're used to and and yeah yeah it was fine it was I wasn't super invested in it for the most part but but I enjoyed but I enjoyed it I enjoyed it um and again the ending really helped it a lot uh all right oh wait one more thing one more thing there was a fantastic botch oh where yeah i think it was number 10 from dark order do you know what i'm talking about no it was evil uno oh is it evil uno yeah. like he took a drop or a hurricane rana or something that was clearly supposed to throw him off or into the ring post and then off the apron and yeah. eliminate him yep and he just mistimed it so like yep the other dude hit the move and he stood there for a second and then kind of jumped and then just into the ran ring to post. it yeah <laughs> it was awesome it was okay great. the best that part about that things. again the best part about that was what he tweeted later he, t- he tweeted yeah. he tweeted they need to ban baby oil <laughs> yeah he was like the apron slippery uh, that was awesome that was great. That's, that was just funny because you know everyone. Again, put a pin in this. See if we come back to it later. Everyone watching at home went, "Oh no." Yep. Yep. <laughs> There's Which, no hiding. That always just makes me think about Stone Cold in one of his Royal Rumbles, who was supposed to be in like the big Final Four or something, and then like halfway through the match was thrown off, and and the ropes were yeah. covered in oil and just slipped right off, like halfway through the match, and just had to come up. To like the ref and the other people was like, I'm out. They're like, what? What are you talking about? It's like, I slipped. And it's just, I like that. I, I like when you see stuff like that. Cause it, look, as, as, as botchy as it is, it, it, it adds a level to, of realism to it. Even though it's in its very nature, it's not, it is. I don't know if that makes sense. It's kind of, it's kind of it ironic well, in that, in that stretch. It gives you you're a like, greater because you're like yeah no they literally could get eliminated here and like it's taking yeah. act you know they're having to not do it so it gives you more respect for just the traditional you know near near elimination moments that happen a million times in every match so right yeah, yeah exactly. that was fun sorry i just wanted to funny. i wanted to acknowledge that on the air because that was very funny yeah that was great uh so then we had the women's title match 
Karushita versus uh, Ryo Mizunami. And and I know this was a great wrestling match, but I I didn't I just I didn't care. I I know Here's apparently your... everyone is saying this is the best match of the show, and I'm sure. Yeah, it was it was it was good, really good in ring match and stuff. I I didn't I didn't I just don't I just don't care. Didn't care. Here's. Here's a genuine question, because I haven't gotten to watch a lot of this. Do you know how many matches from the Japanese side of the bracket they put on None. Dynamite? None. Okay, so why should I care that this woman's challenging for the title? I, that's, do I, that's, my pro- that's the problem. What are we doing here? Yeah, that's that's the problem for me. They did it all on other shows or stuff, like as another thing. No. It's like, yeah, I... Yeah, I mean, obviously the you know the hardcore wrestling fans who watch a bunch of stuff all know who you know who these people are and stuff. But I yeah, the regular just dynamite watchers don't. So Excalibur did a good job. He really tried to sell it and really tried to let you know all the information you you needed to and all that. So yeah, and he's really good at that. But um, you know, at some point you're just like, yeah, I don't care. The best part was afterwards. When the people, the people that I want to <laughs> oh. just turn off, come into the ring, but Thunder Rosa single-handedly clears the ring out of like six individuals, and I was like, "Yes, yep. yes!" It's like, "Thank you, thank you." Yeah, oh, we was awesome. Had a that was great. When I when I saw Nyla Rose come out and beat yep. them both up, I was like, "No, yep. come on!" Yep. yep. I was yep. like, "What are we doing? We're doing it again." <laughs> and then Thunder Rosa came out, and I was like, "Okay, well, at least it's." Not just came out, but she intimidated yeah. everyone and like six people cleared out of the ring for just for just her. I was like, yes, that's right. Oh, that was that was good. So that 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 saved a little bit. But um, again, I can't really comment much on this match because just I just wasn't invested. I just wasn't invested in it. But, um, you know, fair or not, just wasn't invested in it. Uh, then we go to another match I had no interest whatsoever in. Orange Cassidy and Chuck Taylor versus Miro and Kip Sabian. Sorry. Everything with Miro is unwatchable cringe, and I hate it. And I hate everything they've done with him since he came in, except for that one show of Dynamite when he beat everyone up at the end of a show. And uh, we, 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 we got a little bit of that in this match, but... I just don't I just don't know what they're doing, man. I just I don't understand. It just doesn't make any sense. I mean he won with the big, you know, camel clutch, which always makes it look like he's gonna break their back and it looks very painful. Yeah. But well, I just I don't get it. I just don't understand why Dork Miro is the character they've gone with. I just You can do that if he's also ripping people's heads off. Like, then it works, if that makes sense. But he never does that, really. It, it, not enough. So it's just, I don't know. It's just, it's to me, it's just dumb. <laughs> I I liked this match. I liked that they let Miro do a little bit more than just cut weird, true video yes. game themed promos backstage. Like that was good. This is a step in the right direction. Yep. This felt like a dynamite match. Yes. Wasn't bad. Yes. Wasn't bad. Didn't feel like a pay per view. No, I think some of that's just because of how it of how it worked, how the booking went. I it was fine. Like I said, I here's the thing. This is what this is the one where it started to feel a little hollow for me at points in the show because the stare down between Orange Cassidy and Miro, and they have their you know their little their little bit in the yeah. match. 
And I was like, this should feel like something. Yeah. Miro should feel special. Orange Cassidy should feel special. They should flow together really well, the same way he did when he was facing like Pac, for example, or Chris Jericho. Yeah. There should be some... But, but it doesn't work because Miro is not a serious character. That's, so it doesn't yeah, work. Well, and and they're paired with people that I don't care about. Like right, a Miro, right, right. Orange Cassidy singles feud. I mean, look, and maybe they'll do that at some point. But maybe. like that could be really exciting. But right now I'm just like, I don't get – again, I don't watch the show as much as I'd like to. Have they ever explained why Miro is really good friends with Kip Sabian? No. Like, is that... Apparently, okay. in, I guess in real life they maybe are, but I... Yep. See, I, this is no. what I said last week. I guarantee you, they they saw what happened in WWE. They're like, hey, this is a really interesting, cool, charismatic guy. We should just let him be himself. And Miro was like, yeah, man, I just want to be myself. And they just overcorrected. Yeah. And, and they ceased to make him an interesting pro wrestling character and just made him a vaguely dorky guy which i like i think he seems cool as a real life person maybe yeah not that i watch him on twitch or anything but you're just like why are you friends with kip sabian why are you so invested in his relationship like and here's the thing at any moment they could you know take the hammer break the glass have him turn heel start hooking up with penelope ford they become they are heels but rusev crush you know what i mean yeah yeah, like spin him off and then you could like it could it could work. I feel like they could pull the trigger at any given time. I just I don't even hate that he doesn't have to be at the top of the card that he wants to, you know, team up with somebody else. Yeah. But I feel like there's no reason for them to even be together. No, I don't get it either. It doesn't make I any sense. I feel the same way about Orange Cassidy and his friends, frankly. I I've never yeah. been that invested in that connection anyway. That one doesn't but, bother me. I I don't mind. I don't mind that one. And I I like the best friends a lot. And I like Chuck Taylor a lot. I think he's funny, and I think he's entertaining. Um, but yeah, just this. And I thought that was interesting, him being the butler. But of course, they did it for one week or two weeks, and then it was done. I forgot and you're like, that that even happened. Exactly. I completely. Forgot. It was like two weeks, and then it was just over with that awful wedding thing, which is the worst thing WWE. I still see. I almost called them WWE because that's what it was. It was. Oh. It's the worst thing AEW's ever ever put on ever by far. Um, it, there's not even a close second. It, it's the worst thing that's ever happened in the history of AEW. I'm gonna have to watch that at some point. Yeah, so you'll probably it. love it because you're dumb like that. But it was it was well, terrible. I would at least think it was funny. But that's that was no, my takeaway with this match. I was like, man, I want to like Miro, and there's I I like Orange Cassidy, and I don't care right now. That means you're doing something wrong. I think that's why it felt like a dynamite match. I was like, oh, this feels like it's setting up for something a lot more interesting and not something I'd pay $50 to see. Yep. Yep. So, uh, anyway, we just, just let Miro be a beast again and let him be a dorky beast. Like that works. If he's this guy who's kind of a dork and then he turns around and shoves your head through like, and they do that every now and then. And it's like, yes, do that. All the time. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. Then that's great. Like that works. So hopefully they do. Hopefully they do at some point because you got a bona fide main event talent if you do that. For sure. Top draw if they do that. So, uh, all right. Moving on. The big money match. Hangman and Matt Hardy. This this had pretty good hype to it. Their, their feud was interesting. The Again, Matt Hardy. Again, everyone gives Jericho credit. 
for the way he's been able to change his character so much. The same amount of people don't quite give Matt Hardy as much credit because he's done it even more than Jericho has and mm-hmm. and is and nailed it every time. And this is another one. This this ridiculous, stereotypical wrestler, old school wrestling character who just is skeptical of everyone and is all about money and trying to scam. Every- like, it's great. It's great because it's so real. Like, it's so real. And uh, if you meet any old wrestler ever at a convention or anything, like, they're all like that. It's great. And uh, so I love it. You know, he's doing the thing where, oh, he's going to be the manager for for private party. And they're, oh, they got to pay him 30%. But he's going to be their manager and he's going to help. Like, it's just great. And uh, so he's trying to do that with Hangman. And then, of course, gets him drunk because it's Hangman. And how, you know, this is the easiest thing in the world. And then Hangman (laughs) outsmarts him steal you know changes contracts on him and then it, you know the, it le- it leads to this this match where the winner gets the other's earnings for like the first quarter which is great that's the perfect stakes for a wrestling match that's again like we said with AEW when they go too far sometimes like with Cody oh if i lose i'll never challenge for the title again that's dumb young bucks oh if we lose we'll never challenge that's dumb like these are two that's that's stupid stakes in a wrestling match the you know the amount of career matches we've had most of the time that's dumb this is perfect this is perfect this is this is the perfect level of stakes that are believable and make sense and are intriguing without being dumb at least for me and uh and the match unfortunately i don't think the match was great um but i thought it was good for some reason, I was convinced this was going to be a ladder match. I don't know why. I don't know where I heard that at some point. And the whole time, I'm like, why would they do two ladder matches? They're already doing the revolution one. And then this wasn't. And I, they came out in the match start. And I was like, wait a minute. This isn't a ladder. And I, I have, Harris, I have no idea why I thought this was a ladder match. I don't know where this came from. I don't know. Maybe my brain just convinced money with money in the bank matches. I don't know. Yeah. But for some reason, I thought this was a ladder match. But um, a briefcase full of cash on a pole match. Right, or a briefcase that, that, that happens all the time. Like, yeah, it'd be pretty good. But uh, anyway, I thought the match was fun. I enjoyed it. The, the Dark Order stuff is always entertaining. You know, Private Party came out as well and. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I I enjoyed it. I thought it was a perfect level. And Paige wins, of course. Now you can do a whole nother level of Matt Hardy character, which, again, he's perfect for and will fit right into, like, some depressed Matt Hardy or something. Like, it'll it'll be great. And, it's broke uh, Matt Hardy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, it's great. It, it Whatever it is, it'll be great. And he's going to nail it. And then you keep teasing this Paige Dark Order thing, which I have no idea what's going on. I just – it's entertaining. I like it, though. I'm yeah, that. it's entertaining, but I don't get long term what this is like. It doesn't make any sense, like at all. What? Anyway, I it doesn't. Make, but it's fun. It is fun to watch. So I have no, I have no issues with that. I enjoyed this match. This was, this was in my, you know, upper group of uh, enjoyment as far as matches go. So I, I thought it was fun. I liked this as a pay per view match. Yeah, I don't have any really strong feelings about this either way, to be honest with you. I thought it was pretty good. I think it's hard to go from, like, a lot of, like, Hangman Page's stuff with the Elite and that kind of personal story he's been having, and then Matt Hardy and his brokenness and his different iterations, and that time Sammy Guevara nearly killed him. <laughs> this was yeah. the, it, So it wasn't anything that they were doing that was wrong. It's just compared to what they've been doing over the past year or so. I saw this match was on and I was like, oh yeah, okay. 
but you're right. I like the stipulation. One of my favorite things in wrestling is is contract fraud. Like, <laughs> oh, you signed on the dotted line. Well, guess what I wrote on page two? And they're like, no. <laughs> like the best one, obviously, is when Shane McMahon reveals on live television that he just bought WCW because he signed the forms first. Right. Which is definitely how that transaction works. <laughs> right. But same thing here. I love that. That was the device they used to get this going. I just, I, I love that. The rest of it was fine. I, I don't have anything else to say. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. So now we go to the actual ladder match. And it was the uh, the face of revolution ladder match. Just a six man money in the bank match for, for lack of a better term. And, mm-hmm. uh, but they do it for the TNT title, which is, which is interesting. And I like that. I like that because it makes the AEW title worth more when you can't yeah. just get a title shot from winning one match. It, it makes it seem like a bigger deal. It just does. Yeah. And, uh, so I like that. And, and, and at the same time, stuff like this helps the TNT championship. So I think, I think, I think that's perfect. I think what they've done with both titles is really well done. Um, and, uh, so I, so I like that. I, I don't I don't understand the giant the giant toilet seat donut or whatever that was Oh, the Sonic the Hedgehog <laughs> Yeah, the Sonic the That's Hedgehog. That's the one that I heard. I do think it's entertain look, people sometimes they go too far, AEW That's with the their theme. WWE yep. stuff. Sometimes yep. they do, but but sometimes they do and it works. And this is one that worked. I'm sorry, the because the brass ring thing is so stupid and it's so it's it's one of you can't say the, but it is one of the most hypocritical Vince McMahon things of all time. <laughs> and so I loved it. I'm like, that's great. They're just like, yes, here's the brass ring you got to grab. It's a real thing. And it's like, I, I look, I, I thought they could have made it look a little bit less dumb. But yep. but uh, concept, I thought was I think is great. I think is great. Oh, I I love I completely agree. I like the idea when I found out that's actually what they were doing and it wasn't yeah. just a contract. It was a ring. I was like, oh, that's good. And then you see it and you're like, donut. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> yeah, but concept good. Um, and I like the fact that every person who was in this match, um, aside from uh, Max Caster, like you legitimately could have seen win this. Obviously, yeah. Cody could always win. Scorpio Sky, you could definitely see when they've kind of been trying to push him again because I don't know if he was hurt. I think he's been hurt, but, you know, he was getting a pretty big push, you know, six months ago and then just kind of fell off the face of the earth. I think he got hurt. I think that's what happened. But um, so you're like, oh, man, Scorpio Sky's, you know, and he's they've been putting him. He's been on commentary a couple weeks. He's kind of been a heel now, like an arrogant type of thing so they've been doing stuff with this character and so definitely you could see him winning they've been pushing lance archer recently you could see him winning penta just came back from an injury and he always could win something like this and then you had the mystery opponent which of course was um uh eddie edwards and um what you know which is a which is a big thing from from impact and uh so you know the the new big star who comes in could def could always win as well so that's one thing i liked about it now Max Caster grew on me, not going to lie. He kind of annoyed me for a while because he does the <laughs> whole freestyle rap thing, which it's like, we've already seen this done to perfection. I'm sorry. I don't care what anyone says. John Cena's What's stuff was, was amazing. No, What's not our truth. No, 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 no. <laughs> and, and I love our truth. I no, no shade with, with truth, but, uh, John Cena was perfect. I'm sorry. 
absolutely perfect. The Dr. Thugonomics was amazing. And the reason why it worked is because he legitimately can can freestyle really well and write really good insults. That's why. That's why it worked. So whenever I hear other people do it, it's it's just ne- we're never gonna see someone who's that good with that level of that level of promo ability and care and charisma and who can legitimately write funny insulting raps. We're just not gonna find that once in a lifetime character again. So whenever I see people try it. I'm just like, yeah, and it takes me a while. So the past several couple months that these guys have been here, I forgot the name of their tag team already, but uh, I'm just like, yeah, this is dumb. But the past couple weeks, eh, he's growing on me, and I enjoy him. He's good in the ring. Now, he was never going to win this match, so he's the one person out of this who wasn't ever going to win it. But, uh, but that's one thing I liked about it. You know, you legitimately had five people who you could see winning this match. Um, or sorry, not a, sorry, sorry, who was the, what's the guy's name? Page, not, not Eddie Edwards, I'm thinking of, it's, uh, oh my gosh. Is it Ethan Page? Ethan Page, that's what it was, sorry, sorry. Yeah, 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 I said the wrong name there. Um, You said that, and I was like, I don't know if that doesn't sound right, or if that that was like his name on the indies, and I just don't know. No, 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 that was just me saying the wrong name like an idiot. Um. But anyway, but I enjoyed. I thought it was a fun ladder match, and and I thought they did a good job. They did the whole. I love the John Cena Cody Rhodes spot. It was great. It was awesome. Cody gets hurt, taken off the thing, but never quite leaves. And everyone's like, "Oh man, Cody's coming back in." Everyone's starting to bitch already online because I don't understand. (laughs) I don't understand the hate of Cody Rhodes. I just don't understand why. I I honestly don't get it because he's not that. I, I don't understand where this came from. It's just if anyone's remotely in charge of anything in wrestling, you just immediately hate them. Um, and to be fair, there's been plenty of reasons for that in the past, whenever wrestlers have been in charge of booking or in any way. But uh, Cody has never done anything anyway. I, I just don't understand. I think it's so horribly unfair. But the fact that this, they tease that, they tease the big comeback thing and then then he didn't win i just thought that was great i was like yeah that was a little that was a little jab to those to those rover reactors oh see i okay here's the thing i didn't think that people were sniping because they're like oh cody's gonna come back and win and book himself over at least to me it was just like oh they're doing this angle like this is what cody's gonna do the whole match he's gonna be out for like three quarters of it and then he's gonna come back in with the fury and to have that telegraphed like halfway through the match, you're just like, oh, so this is what Cody's doing. That felt annoying. Like I said on Twitter, it's weird that they're having Cody Rhodes do the Roman Reigns spot. Or the John which, Cena spot. Well, the Roman is the one I think of because that's the worst example of it I've ever sure. seen. And everyone sure. realized immediately what was what was happening and hated it. And you think, oh, surely they wouldn't be so stupid as to just. But then they did. And like you're right, like with Cody, I, I didn't have a problem with it. But as soon as he's getting walked off, you're like, oh, no, I wonder if he's going to come back and not in a I don't know. It wasn't bad, but. It wasn't as like as cliche in a fun way for me as where you're like, oh, here he comes, here he comes. It's just like, OK, well, let's get that part over with. And then he had a lot like he had some good spots once he came back in and like yeah. the finish of the match. Like when, once you hit the point where anyone could have won, 
because they were all just beating each other with weapons yeah. on the ladder for like 10 straight minutes. <laughs> that was a really great, like really frenzied third act that I really liked. But I didn't, I don't know. I didn't hear that as Cody booking himself over. I thought it was just everyone going, oh, come on, man. We've seen, like, come on. You don't have to do this one right now. That's kind of boring. Yeah, but maybe that's just me. And these idiots, man. If that was anyone else, that Scorpio Sky beat not as big of a thing as it being mm-hmm. Cody. I'm sorry. That's just, that's true. It's just not, and I just don't understand. I think the hate is vastly unjustified by the internet dweebs, and uh, yeah, I, I don't understand reading, it. I think you're reading tweets too much, dude. I no people people don't like him. There's a mm. v- very vocal group of the other AEW, you know, fans and whatever that really, really hate it. And I really don't like him and I just don't understand it. But, um, anyway, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. And I think it did a good job of setting up other characters, like with the stories and, and, you know, matches and angles to come out of it. Like they did, they did a good job with that. Now, can Um, I tell you, can I tell you one more thing I noticed in this match that made it feel a little bit, and not necessarily the match, because the match felt like a big deal. But there were a few little moments in this show that just made it feel like an episode of Dynamite. The first one I forgot to mention, but after Thunder Rosa came, came in and made the save, if not immediately after that segment, like instantly, at least another segment later, they were like, hey, and guess what? We've got a six-woman tag set up this week on Dynamite. And I'm like, I get that. I get that the storyline progression, I have no problem with yeah. that. That's the kind of thing that, to me, you can announce on Wednesday. Yeah. Announcing it the night of in the middle of your pay-per-view is such a, like, this was the opening segment of Raw, and we're going to have a six-man tag in the main event move. Yeah. It felt like it really watered down the show to me, which is, it, I'm, I'm nitpicking here a little bit, but I watched the UFC fight the night before that, and that is its own entity. It is its own structured, top-down, we are going to have these five fights, and that's the show. And they will show a trailer about halfway through for whatever their me- next major card is. Right. But they won't announce like when Aljamain Sterling wins the bantamweight title in the third fight. They're not like, guess what? He's going to fight DJ Dillashaw next June because that like completely derails from everything else they have going on during the show. And again, this is a little bit of a nitpick, but that just like cheapened a lot of what they were doing for me. And the other thing, and I, I get why they did this, but the fact that he wins the title shot this Wednesday on Dynamite, I get it because it's a television title and you defend it every week. I get that. But if well, no, just... they don't. No, they do not. That was just Cody's right. thing. Okay. Well, see, then, especially then, just let it cook for a week or two. Just build it. A little bit, yeah. because when you keep having these matches that end with advertisements for Dynamite, it makes what I just saw not feel like an ending point or a pay-per-view worthy moment. Yeah. It makes it feel like a commercial for Dynamite. Yeah, a good, that's a good point. There was a lot, there was not a lot of, uh, this is the culmination of a storyline in one of our big four pay-per-views. That, yeah. that didn't happen. Like at all, you, you you had two moments and we're about to get to them. And, and and that was about it. The the last two matches were really the only ones that had that feel to them. Um, and one. Yeah. Well, and, and, and like when something like the, the brass ring match, whatever it was, the face of the revolution, is that what it was? I don't remember. The it was, I don't branding. remember it, yeah, whatever. It was. But 
like you can have stuff like that. Like it's money in the bank. Like, hey, this person won. Here's an angle we're setting up and then have him tease something with the TNT champ this week or sign the contract or cut a promo and then have the match the next week. Just build it a little bit. You can open dynamite and say, hey, here's what happened in the women's title match. And now we've got a six woman tag like the building makes sense. It's just when you're advertising for it in your show it's like well then what am i why did i watch this if you're just going to point me straight to the next thing on the next episode of television yeah it just kind of especially because i forgot until you pointed it out the tnt title doesn't have to be defended every week there's no need to cut immediately from him winning to saying oh this wednesday on dynamite like just let it let it cook a little bit let your show like let the show be enough you don't have to advertise yeah for dynamite after that like we're all on board here but you know the match was good no problem with the winner i didn't know that the guy who raps i I didn't know anything about him yeah so to his credit like that just made me sit up and go oh they got one of these guys okay he's he's certainly talking about current events yep not really any like character or calling anyone out which i think you nailed it that's what john cena did that made that gimmick so special Mm -hmm. it wasn't just oh i can rap it's triggering feuds and pissing people off and like i, I don't care what anyone says yet, john cena can legitimately rap like he like a platinum he, he selling can. rap album man. like he literally can and like he can actually freestyle on people like for real like he that was something he could do like that's where the character came from it wasn't like oh we have an idea for this character no he literally made it himself because he's like i can do this let me you know let me do it so it's just it's just a different level, but the problem is that's the measuring stick for anything like that, mm. and mm-hmm. that's it's literally an impossible thing to reach. <laughs> I mean, you have one of the whatever handful of greatest wrestlers of all time, so it's like it's unfair. It's an unfair comparison, but unfortunately, it's still recent enough that it's there at least at least in my mind. But yeah. uh, but anyway, but the guy's grown on me, and I've I, I've enjoyed him. I, I enjoyed Max Caster's work, but um. All right, now we can go. Now we can get into the real stuff, Harris. The match we were all waiting for, more than anything else, Street Fight, staying back in action for the first time since the company, who we don't need to be named, decided to keep their garbage feud that they already won and for some reason continue to do because Vince McMahon's a freaking idiot. And, um... Sting back in the ring, Darby Allen. You've had a great setup. I don't care. I don't care if maybe, maybe there's been a little bit of repetitive stuff and they could have done maybe a little bit more. Regardless <laughs> of the small nitpicks with that, I think this has still been built built well and this feud has been built well. Team Taz is the perfect opponents. Ricky Starks is obviously one of our golden boys. Brian Cage is awesome. Taz is great. It was a perfect combination, cinematic match. And uh, Harris, they nailed it. It was awesome. It was fantastic. It was by far the best thing on the show. I loved it. I loved everything about it. It's the first real cinematic match we've seen from AEW. I guess other than the uh, the other Hardy compound match, which was terrible. Um, other than that, I guess that's the. I guess that was the first one technically. But so this is really the only other one. And this one was. It was. I. I, I thought it was great. I thought it showcased everything well. It flowed well. Um, the only thing I kind the commentary was a little off-putting sometimes. I thought that was a little janky doing commentary for a cinematic match, but um, but I thought they did a good job. I thought everyone got to shine. Everyone looked good. 
Sting got the pinfall victory because, of course, because WWE can go to hell. And um, Darby Allen got to do his you crazy mean stuff. You mean you didn't want to see the NWO come storming through the door and help their old pal Sting win the match? And lose? <laughs> no, no. Uh, but Darby got to do his stuff. He got to jump off the edge of a building. It was... Harris, I had so much fun. I liked it. There's nothing that this that they could have done in this that would have made me enjoy it anymore. I thought this was a blast. I loved I it. I really, really enjoyed this match. Powerful. I, I made a few jokes about it at the beginning, but really, like, it's all just nitpicks. There's no actual problems I have yeah. with this match. Powerful Lucha Underground vibes. Yeah. Oh, that's really, a good call. Really yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good call. Like, I, I joked that I was like, oh, wow, Raw Underground looks a lot better, doesn't it? Like, because <laughs> that, that's what, it, you know the real edgy environment, but it pulled it off. That's the difference. It didn't feel like this weird corporate stage put on of a street fight. It felt like a cinematic street fight. I, the, the Lucha underground thing. I think of, I, I love that combination of like, we're in a warehouse trying to kill one another with baseball bats and pipes and glass. Also, here's a wrestling ring and we're going to end with a scorpion <laughs> death drop and a pinball in the wrestling yeah. ring. I love that, dude. Yep. One of my favorite Lucha Underground segments of all time, and I don't talk about this show a lot because I didn't watch it a lot, but one, there's an early season one episode where they've just introduced Ricochet as Prince Puma, yeah. and he's just doing like hybrid pro wrestling mixed martial arts drills in a cage alone while Conan sits there with a cane and just watches him, <laughs> and it's awesome. It's such a great combination of edgy and silly. That I just adore. And that's what this match had. It knocked it out of the park. It's also funny that there was like recognizably Atlanta skyline in the yeah, background. Yeah, I wanted to talk about that. I wanted to talk about that. I love the beginning because you have Starks and Cage, of course, driving up in this flashy, gaudy sports car. Because of On course they are. On a parking deck, by the right, way. Right, that right. was my favorite part. Because of course they are. And then you have right. Darby, of course, being dragged behind a pickup truck on a skateboard by sting because of course he is but the best part is oh you know this is a jacksonville bay show and whatever but this is clearly in downtown atlanta (laughs) i loved it i loved it i was like clearly he's skateboarding in downtown atlanta and i'm sorry i'm gonna pop anytime i see anyone do anything in downtown atlanta so i loved it yeah i thought i was like wait maybe that's just like that building is just a pointy building nope. and it's actually in Jacksonville. And then the more they filmed it, the more nope. I was like, no, that's, that's downtown. Atlanta. This is clearly downtown Atlanta. Why? I... Well, I mean, I know why. I, I mean, Darby. Very... No, 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 no. That's not, I was going to say why to something else. Oh. I love that Brian cage in his insane caricature of a body has this insane caricature of a pro wrestling heels car. Right. It was that perfect. They both get in together and, and Darby Allen is skateboarding across town because, of course, that's how he gets there. Yep. And Sting's just like, yeah, you know, I've got my seven-year-old Toyota Tacoma here. <laughs> Figure I'll just rumble by in that. Like, you couldn't have found something. I don't know what I would expect Sting to drive. Yeah, But it wasn't that. And that was that's just – It fair. would be like if The Undertaker showed up in a Prius. You're just like, that's <laughs> that's different. I mean, yeah, all right. Like, it would it make. Was just, I'm it was sorry. Really look, funny. They they missed out. It should have been a motorcycle. It should have been a motorcycle. Sting literally. <laughs> I, I don't know if he still does, but I mean, he was known for having like Steve Borden 
had a ton of motorcycles back in the 90s. Like, that was a thing he, he did. So I I don't know if he still... Maybe he doesn't still, but that just seems like it would have fit better. But, right. But that's just me. Well, I think they wanted to do the pickup truck spot. Sure, I think sure. I mean, but, like, I, that just made me laugh. But everything from that point on, I was super into. Darby Allen took some... Great bumps in this match. Uh, well, what that was to be expected because the dude. When they threw him through the window, when they grabbed him by his <laughs> arms and legs, they were just like, "Wee!" Yeah. That was nasty. It's very, very good. Yeah, poor guy. The man. last, I just uh, every time he does stuff, I'm like, it's like Jeff Hardy times ten, where you're mm-hmm. like, just because that was Jeff Hardy's thing. Is every time he wrestled, you're like, dude, just stop, just, just yeah. don't at some point, and it's like even worse with Darby. It's like, man. Do you really have to be dropped off a building inside a body bag? Like, do we need that as well? Like, do, you know, yeah. it's always like that extra level, which is, you know, it's part of the thing and it's part of his thing. And it's part of what, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's what he, what he likes to do. And it's, it's great. Hey, I got no complaints as far as enjoyment of watching goes, but I just, you know, as a human being with a body, I'm sitting there and <laughs> I'm like, how long can this go on for poor guy even you know even in a controlled environment or whatever he's still you know throwing himself off the wall of this warehouse and dropping 20 feet onto another human being i don't care what else is set up like you know but uh no but it was it was so much fun they were able to even tell a story during this match like Starks and Sting worked so well together, which was the perfect pairing, obviously, because, you know, say what you will, Sting, Sting, he's 64 years old or whatever he is, you know, and almost right. died in the ring like six years ago. So, like, you know, it is what it is. And someone like Starks is the perfect person to go up against because Starks is the perfect size and the perfect wrestling style to, you know, to bounce around. I mean, there wasn't really much of a ring, but, you know, to bounce around the ring and, and bump for you. So he's the yeah. perfect person for that. So they, that that pairing worked out really well. Cage and Darby Allen works out really well because the size dynamic is just so entertaining to watch. And uh, like their match was just so much fun. Darby is somehow able to to pull it off. Like he's my size. He's literally my weight and like maybe an inch taller than me. And he's going up against a guy who's literally eight of him. And somehow he can make a believable a, a believable match out of it. it like Rey Mysterio could do that was one of the great things about Rey Mysterio is he was the first one in as far as like mainstream American wrestling goes who was really able to do that where he was this itty bitty guy but somehow he was he could wrestle believably with with these bigger guys and I don't I I, I don't know exactly what makes it work and what doesn't because sometimes it doesn't, and it just looks stupid with with certain size difference things. But sometimes with certain individuals who just have a certain body language and a certain way of bumping and a certain way of wrestling, it just works. And with Darby, it just works. Part of it is finisher. That coffin drop, it makes perfect sense. He's like, I'm literally just going to throw my entire weight on you. And you're like, all right, bet. I, I get it. That makes sense. I, and I don't know what it is, but it just works. And the whole cinematic thing I thought was done perfectly. It was so entertaining to watch. Sting gets the win. He's doing stinger splashes. He's doing scorpion death drops. And it's just, I, I, you know, other than maybe like one or two itty bitty, just whatever. I, I don't see how this could have been pulled off any better. It was, it was the best part of the show by far. It was, 
it lived up to the hype and it was awesome. And I want to see a million more of them. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, I surely this is going to be like Sting's calling card for however long his run. And it better be because it's great. Right. No, it's good. That's it's That's exactly what I want. That's cool. All for it. Yep. So Mark, is it time? We're going to, we're going to talk about this. What if we just like, just ended it there. We could just, Ended on a high what note, if Harris. We, what if what we ended it on a high ended note? In there again. <laughs> the magic. What if we had just ended it there? That's what they said to themselves when they woke up this morning, and they were like, "Man, we had a really good death match, didn't we?" We like, had. Remember the end of WrestleMania last year, Harris? The first day, as kind of meh as the WrestleMania was, and again, not all their fault. But remember the end of the Boneyard match? How that ended the show night one. Remember how awesome of an ending that was? Undertaker riding off on the motorcycle. JJ Styles had been killed and buried alive. <laughs> like it was, it was great. They had a chance for that. They decided not to not to go that route and and do this main event, which on paper Harris sounded great, and in in Mark, theory sounded great. Ninety percent sounded great. And and most of the match was was pretty good for the most part. It was done really well. Dude, listen, let me okay, let me just say something real quick. I'm not like super gory deathmatch guy. Like that's not right. really yeah, my thing. Either. I don't care about that. The story they were telling, I think, was fine. Kenny Omega's got that built in, like great sports entertainment story in any match where if he can hit the one winged angel, it's over. Yeah. That was really great. I really liked that. So you get like really fun spot, like the ropes explode, which was just insanely over the top. But like, I was kind of here for it. And you get these fun spots where like, he's about, he hits the one winged angel. He goes right. for the pin. Moxley gets his foot on the ropes. The ropes explode. Right. And you take what was initially him being like down for the count and losing the match. And now he's even the table. Like I love little details like yep, that. That was awesome. That was awesome. I love the way they play with like, not even hitting the ropes for most of the match and the way they build up the tension in that. So when it finally happens, it was really exciting and it was a really cool release. Yep. Um, as the match goes on, I'm like, all right, I'm really into this. Like I get what they're doing. This is fun. They're clearly going through a lot. They're really messed up right now. John Moxley's bleeding a lot. This is great. Like, this is a really good story. I'm super into it. I love fighting babyface John Moxley. I think his fight psychology is really great. Yeah. Well with Kenny it Omega is. and the, one-winged angel thing. And then stop me if you've heard this one before, Mark, but Kenny Omega and his crew of buddies who you don't care about as much come into the ring and help him beat somebody up. And for a second, I had flashbacks to the Boneyard match where we joked about, like, <laughs> Gallows and Anderson frantically digging up AJ Styles yeah. on Raw the next night. <laughs> right. And I was like, what if Kenny Omega blows up in two years in a row? The Good Brothers had to watch, like, their good friend be killed on television. And that was their last WWE appearance, yeah. too, which is even funnier. It is even funnier. But, so, I was into all of it. And even, like... Kenny Omega won because he cheated and beat up John Moxley and then hit a one winged angel on a chair. I was like, that would have been enough. Yeah. And then you come out and you beat him down after the match. Like, that's fine. Sure. But that's a nip. The exploding, the exploding bat kind of that. That's when it started to go downhill for me. (laughs) I'm not going to lie. Like Mm. that, that that was the first moment where I was like, okay, that's really stupid. You know, like everything else I was going with, like, did the explosions look bad? No. Did they look like they were doing anything? 
no, but I'm here for it. Like, it's yeah. fine. It was enough. Where like you can do. There's once they once that the, bat thing happened, I was like, eh, that's not a good. Eh, well, see, eh, if you know the downhill. history of John Moxley slash Dean Ambrose, you know that things exploding right in his face is his Achilles heel. That's how he lost that match to Bray Wyatt. He was going to hit him with the monitor and the monitor exploded. So clearly point. Don Callis watching his film. Uh, that's a good point. It's a good point. Why did, why couldn't they just come out with a giant stick of dynamite from a Looney Tunes cartoon and like shove that in his pants and then threw him off the side. Like that would have been more entertaining. I was really I think, hoping that would happen. So here's the key word here, Mark. We, we've said it this a few times throughout the show. Sometimes, dynamite in particular aew right will like just take things a little too far now can we talk about the other stipulation of this match we we have to that's the elephant in the room here is that what we're well hang on so let me just where was i going yeah okay yeah yeah you go ahead okay so look it's an exploding barbed wire death match where the ring ropes are barbed wire and they explode when you hit them there's mined barbed wire platforms outside the ring that will explode when you hit them. You know, like, okay, fair enough. Well, again, as look, we, we love AEW. Love just about everything about AEW. Watch it every week. Mm. Got, you know, gets you back into wrestling. It's the best wrestling thing going, you know. Mm. Um, But every now and then, as we mentioned earlier... Sometimes they just go that extra step too far. Like they, they, they just get a little bit too into it. And Tony Khan, unlike Vince McMahon, is into stuff too. Now Vince is into other things, which we need. We'll get into on other episodes of the podcast that are may or may not be illegal, but um, and disgusting. But uh. Tony Khan is like wrestling, you know, he's more close to an actual wrestling fan and, you know, grown up, grown up wrestling fan knows a lot of, you know, other wrestling as well. Well-rounded maybe is a better way to put it. Um, but I feel like he can get caught up in stuff yep. too. Yep. And you got a lot of wrestlers behind the stage as well, or behind the scenes as well, which yep. is good and bad for different things. Yep. But for the most part, for the most part, the setup with AEW works really well. For the most part, like 80% of the time, it works really well. But that other 20% of the time, there's not, Oof. you need someone else there who's you need, maybe not as much of a fan and more of like a a level-headed, I don't know, like you need like a script supervisor who's like looks at the logic of things or yep. something like that. You, so you need... Mark, the phrase you're looking for is you need a grown-up in the room to say, Tony, <laughs> Okay, that's stupid. Yeah. We can't – I don't care how much you want Chris Jericho to be your friend. You can't do that. <laughs> this is that's a different – this is that's a different fair. example. But there are just – there will be things that happen where you're like, if Tony Khan wasn't so excited to own his own wrestling company, he wouldn't have let them do that. And the one I think of is honestly like we're going to have some fun with this here. But the one I think of is a really serious example because it's the match where Sammy Guevara almost killed Matt Hardy. And then they still finished the match. Right. Every every wrestling fan was like, hey, he's stop. Yeah. Like we 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 know it's fake. We know he's concussed. Stop doing what you're doing. And they did it anyway. Now, that's a serious example. And we're not going to like rip on Tony Khan for this. But there are just a lot of little things like that where you're like, hey, man, like. 
I know you like Miro and you're a fan of his work, but at some point you have to be like, dude, you need a character. You can't just kind of be yourself. You have to find some parts of yourself and dial them up a little bit more so we have a wrestling character. And so, uh, okay. Well, uh, I, well, okay. Let's just say, so they had this so, match. And as I explained before, I the exploding the exploding ring ropes, the barbed wire ring ropes, the exploding pads outside the ring, barbed wire stuff, all that. Great. Awesome. Different. Deathmatch. Yep. Don't see that in mainstream American wrestling ever, really, since, since ECW. Um, well, then they decided to add the caveat where there's a 30-minute timer, and at the end of this, the whole ring will explode. Now, they never specified what any of this meant. Now, can I and... can I interrupt really quick? Sure, sure, sure. I just want to say, they also added, and they might have just mentioned it offhand, if the ring explodes, the match still, like, if they survive, the match continues. They, Do, they threw did that they out Did they specify there. that? They threw it out there at least once because I remember oh, okay. thinking, oh, so this match is going to like at least be 35, 40 minutes because the ring's going to explode and then something else, you know, he's going to hit a one winged angel on the ashes or something. That's what I was thinking. So, and yeah. I'll, I'll hand it back to you, when he pins Moxley and the match ends and the ring has not exploded, I'm sitting here and I'm thinking, oh, I actually, I, I like that. I like that they did, they, they didn't do the Chekhov's gun thing. I like that they teased this idea and then said, nope, Moxley, you know, lost, Omega won the match, and we're done. I was like, all right, interesting, fair enough, because, you know, real sports, whatever. He won before the time limit. That's great. And then what happened, Mark? Uh, well, before that, I want to I save that for a second. We, we need to talk about the fact that they've already done basically a death match like two years ago. Mm-hmm. And it was like, you know, one of the greatest matches ever. It was amazing. Like, that was the thing that got everyone back into it. Was that that kind of first pay-per-view after Moxley, or I guess the second pay-per-view, after AEW had started? Because he came back at Double or Nothing, they then did All Out, and then I think it was at Full Gear that they wrestled. And um, and they basically wrestled in a death match. Like, it was a hardcore, unsanctioned, whatever type of match. And they went nuts, and they killed each other, and it was amazing. Well... The other problem with wrestling is when you go too far, at some point you're like, okay, this isn't real anymore, which sounds dumb because it's never real, but but some of it is. Like, when they're wrestling, when they're wrestling a hardcore match, and w- was it in that match when they, like, pulled out, pulled up the the canvas and the padding and then just had the exposed boards? Wasn't that in that match? And I never I, seen I that before. Remember, but... I, I'm pretty sure that was in that match. And then they're like hitting people out, and you're like, "Okay, ow!" Like that, you know that that's real. Like that's that's yeah. that's real pain. Like that that's that the other worst... level of stuff. Here's in how, this, here's when when the like... rings are when the ring ropes are exploding and they're like going, you know, or whatever, you're like, "Okay, well, clearly they're not real explosion." Like you know, it's that extra level where it's like, but but it was still okay for the most part. But but even still, you can go into the flaw of the match in the first place where they're like, we had to go bigger. But bigger meant not as dain like not as real. Let so, me put it this way. So the best I know we keep dancing around it, but you all know what happened. We'll get to it. The worst thing 
for me, when I'm watching a death match or a hardcore match of any kind, like the light tubes look like they suck and the thumbtacks yeah. really look like they suck. Yep. Share shots. You're like, oh, the thing that always makes me go, ah, is the paper cut spot on the joints of your fingers. <laughs> it just happened because, like one time. <laughs> because everybody's gotten a paper cut and everyone can imagine yep. that feeling in the web of your finger. Yep. And that's what hurts you the most as the audience member. And what you relate to the most mm-hmm. is the thing that is the most believable. Yep. And it's the thing that you like, I can't, I I can't, my brain doesn't know what it feels like to be thrown through a table or whatever. Like I don't, and I mean, and I did some crazy stuff in backyard wrestling to be fair, but you know, there's just certain things like, even though I, I felt other things and my brain can piece together what this stuff feels like for the most part. I still don't mm-hmm. really know. That's why when it's actually things that you have done, that those are more those are more effective. Like you just said with the with the paper cut thing, because we've all we all know exactly what that feels like. So there's more of a reaction to it. But um, but anyway, so that's just one flaw. Th- this match was flawed to begin with because they had the thing of oh we have to go bigger and bigger meant more ridiculous and less real. So already that was a flaw. Now, that being said, they still did a great job and it was still a really fun match, even with all of that stuff. And they used it in fairly in a couple fairly believable ways. Um, well, then again, they just go too far and now the whole ring is going to explode. So they have Moxley handcuffed and like knocked out and you see this big timer going down and you're like, OK, this is weird. And then for some reason, Eddie Kingston, the mortal enemy of John Moxley, who they killed each other a couple months ago, comes out to save him with no buildup of anything of resolve or anything. So that look, I get what they're doing, but it just seemed very forced and out of the blue. And so he can't get him out of the ring in time. So he's going to protect him. Fair. And then some sparklers went off on the, <laughs> on the ring ropes and a little a little smoke ball went went off from the uh from the, from not even the ring from the floor in front of the ring and that was it and Eddie Kingston and John Moxley to their ever loving credit pretended to be dead and um <laughs> All they needed to do, Harris, all they needed to do was for Kingston to just look up and kind of look around and be like, oh, and then like breathe a sigh. For, like, that was it. Like, that would have been okay. Like, it would have still been dumb and there would have been whatever. But like, that's yep. all you needed. And it would have been 90,000 times less stupid than what do we you got? Know, well, and that's what. I don't know if you saw this, but that's how they're going to spin it. I guarantee you, because I don't know if you saw this clip, but after they went off the air, Moxley kind of sat up and he was like talking to the crowd, thanking them for coming, you know, and he was like, yeah, Kenny Omega is one tough SOB, but he doesn't know how to rig a ring to explode at all. But you Am I right? failed. You already failed. You needed exactly. to do that on like the show. The game's over at that point, because you're right. You're absolutely right. If they had both had. And I'm not saying they should have because I wouldn't have known to do this. But if they had both had the sense to act surprised and relieved yep. at what was obviously 
obviously Mark, the biggest wet fart letdown of a conclusion to a wrestling show. I maybe not in history because that Roman Reigns Triple H match went yeah. for 40 minutes and was probably ultimately worse. But like one of the dumbest things I've ever seen in wrestling. And yeah. that's coming from somebody who does this show. <laughs> that's coming from people who literally and, are making their show about the dumbest things in wrestling. And here's the thing, man. Here's the thing. I really liked all of this match. Like I said, yeah. I thought the heel interference was unnecessary, but the story of the match was good. John Moxley looked like a million bucks. Yep. I loved genuinely Mark the, the, the realization because this, the realization that Eddie Kingston was the only one in that locker room coming to save him was awesome. I loved that. I was genuinely like, this is perfect. I did not see it coming, but I love it. This is beautiful. I'm here for it. And they blew it. And it's not their – well, it's their fault. It's not Eddie Kingston's fault. But my word, it's just such a waste. It's a waste of the match. It's a waste of what genuinely would have been like top three favorite face turns I've ever seen. All of it. And it's just – it's going to be another bad joke on an episode of Being the Elite. That's all it's going to be. And they're never going to get that back. They're never going to get that gravitas back. They're never going to get that moment back for Eddie Kingston, no matter how good his promo on Wednesday night is. And here's the thing, Mark. Like Tony Khan, again, I didn't see this verbatim, but I read that he said something along these lines. He was like, well, yeah, I mean, uh, there's only so much we can do unless you want us to actually blow up the wrestlers trying to play it off like, well, yeah, you know, guys, be a realistic. No, you promised us an exploding yep. barbed wire death match. And if you can't deliver that, then don't tell us that's going to happen. And look, or it was so do easy. Exactly what I it was so easy. You literally just rig the ring with something and then have the ring collapse in on itself with a few things. Like you could have you could have done it. Like even with that, you could have done it you know, without literally blowing, you know, exploding people the people. Like, the like you could do explosions, it. The ring rope explosions were bigger and more impressive. Yes, they were. Did you have nobody field testing it? Like, was nobody... C- Cody's entrance has more pyro than that. <laughs> yeah, that was the funniest thing that people I kept saying. I don't know saying. what, like... <laughs> here's the thing. You can just do what I thought they were going to do in the first place and be like, oh, okay, well, the match is over then. Right. And the ring's not going to explode because Kenny Omega just won the match, which leads to a hilarious kayfabe implication, by the way, which is just that there was no off switch at all. Yep. And nobody thought about it or realized that there wasn't like a fail safe. They just started the timer and we're like, well, no problems there. And then we're like, like oh, what if what no. if the poor crew was like taking down the ring after the match and yeah. all of a sudden, <laughs> what if it had been a 10 minute match? Like, what do you do? Just hang out? until the ring explodes like it's you can't you can't promise that if you don't know that you can deliver it yeah i mean it was just about look i like this company and i like this show that was bush league that was the most bush league lol tna like vince mcmahon is laughing at you right now moment in this company's entire history and it's a shame because i liked this show and i even liked this match and i can probably you know me i will twist myself into a knot (laughs) <laughs> to find a way where I can still enjoy it and still enjoy Eddie Kingston's face turn on Wednesday when he gives some great promo about how I was so, you know, I was so concerned for yeah. my friend that I passed out and that's why I looked like I was dead or whatever it whatever it is. 
bust. Absolute laughing stock. This is Yeah. This is hilarious, which is the like, one WWE thing WWE has made be. rings collapse several times. Like yeah. at least have that. Like just have the ring implode in on itself with a few explosions going around around it. Like that, that would have worked. Like, like again, this was not something that was unfeasible, even in and of itself. Like you're saying, don't promise whatever you deliver. This was deliverable. Like it was. Yep. yep. <sighs> it's like the funny, the funniest part, obviously was, you know, we talked about this earlier in the show when Evil Uno had that one bad bump and everyone went, oh, no. But at least this is still a good match and we like that guy. This happened and everyone watching went, oh, no. Because we all knew they just broke it. All of that bleeding and the barbed wire and the stitches they're going to have to get, bust, wasted, gone. Because you couldn't pull it off at the end. It was, And it was just, it was incredible to watch thousands of people you never met go, Man, I was so ready to talk about how great that match was. And, <laughs> oh, no. Everyone yeah. just knows. Like, you can't hide it. You, you, there's nothing you can do. There's nope. no saving it. There was. And it was literally Eddie Kingston and, and Moxley going rogue and not selling it. That was the only way they could have salvaged. And, th- I mean, it's in, that still was a – that wouldn't have made it not a bust. But right. at least that would have salvaged some something – could have been salvaged from that and at least could have been funny. Like you could have done. S- yeah. Cause they both could have easily pulled that off with just yeah. like a, what, if they what had, the hell if was that? that? Had been the plan. Yeah, yeah. That would have been great. Even if you get there, that's the thing. Even if you're like, it's four o'clock in the afternoon and you're putting the finishing touches on it and you test it and it looks like that. Yep. That's when you say, okay, well we have to make it like mind games. Yep. And Kenny Omega just pretended he was going to blow the ring up like a Looney Tunes cartoon. Yeah. And then you have Don Callis come out and be like, yeah, like we were going to risk, you know, Kenny Omega. Right. Like, yes, it, you could have. It, ah, it's just that's the. Well, there's that's, about six ways you could have made that work. Yep. And boy, it was. Well, the, the worst awful. thing about it, Mark, the thing that offends me the most is that that's what they're going to try to do now. Oh, yeah, they're going to try now. Gonna and it's more gonna of it, it's going to be more of what AEW does not need, which is in place of like sincere emotion. We have Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks being cool indie wrestlers. That's yeah. what it's going to be. The entire thing, which was a great story in the moment with Eddie Kingston running down to the ring genuinely. It, I mean, it like it wasn't this good, but it's like it's the Macho Man Miss Elizabeth like reuniting tier of babyface turns. That was awesome, and it's just gonna be another crappy joke on being the elite now, and that pisses yep. me off more than anything because that is not what this show needs more of. Absolutely not. But the funniest thing is watching it happen, and I think for the first time live since there was a pretty good sized crowd we see a live crowd turn on aew turn on an aew main event and just be like oh you suck like in yep. real time a thousand people went <laughs> that was funny yeah oh boy uh yeah that was oh man that's one for the uh that's one for the history books man that that'll be an episode that, almost, that will be an episode of of behind the grill in 10 years yeah i was gonna say that's one for the <laughs> podcast i mean it genuinely is oh uh, well well was, that was, was revolution was pretty good show yeah it was, it was all right yeah, it was it was, it was a, again even though i think this probably 
this probably was the weakest pay-per-view of AEW, or at least um, one of them. But <laughs> even with that, it still was a good show overall. AEW still huh? delivers good wrestling consistently. And um yeah, and there's and there was there was several great things that happened on this show. Obviously, Jungle Boy and Ray Phoenix at the end of that match was great. The Sting Darby Allen Team Taz match was fantastic. You know, most of the Omega Moxley match was good. Like there was you know, there was there, there was plenty of good stuff and overall it was still a good show, but um again, man, it's all about how you start it. It's all about how you end it and um that's it's just unfortunate that the, the biggest botch in the history of this company happens at the end of you know one of their biggest built-up pay-per-views. Oh, yep. boy. I when we started this call, I was like, "No, I really liked it. I thought it was good." After talking through it for an hour and a half, yeah, I think this is the worst one. And it wasn't Harris. Bad. This happens every time. You you never believe me when I say things, and then we go through the show, and you're like, "Oh yeah, yeah, I guess you're right." I don't know. No, sometimes I sometimes <laughs> I still disagree, but I can't think of another AEW show where the more I talk about it, the more I'm upset about it. And it's really, again, it's not the performers' fault. It's it's because there needs to be a grown up in the room. Yeah. I mean, it's just interesting. Like, uh, I put a poll out on Twitter, just, you know, what, what would you rate the show? And, you know, there's only Twitter only has room for four things. So I had two stars through five stars and the exact same amount of votes were for five stars as were for two stars. Mm -hmm. And I'm like that, that, yeah, that checks that that's what that, that's what that show was. It was that type of thing. And, uh, yeah, unfortunately sparkle show will Sparkler show will be remembered for for a long time. The memes are great, though. Memes are great. The memes are fantastic, that's for sure. Um, hey, look at this. Apparently, WWE did a fire thing in the ring on Raw today. <laughs> of course they did. Of, of course they did. Mark, that's the greatest thing <laughs> I've ever heard. That is, look... Vince McMahon is an idiot creatively in so many ways, but when he's on, he is on. And you know they all walked up to work today, and they were like, we're finding a way to blow this ring up tonight, and it's going to be incredible. With Randy Orton in the ring and Alexa Bliss and uh, the rings, you know, because – and it's the – you know, it's the – it's basically just the cane – ring post fire right. and yes. and you know and, and and randy orton sits there and flinches because you know fire just happened and then he's fine because of course <laughs> and this was a million times better oh, than the so sparklers <laughs> that's one of my favorite things ever oh man see now that's the kind of petty nonsense that i am absolutely you know i also for. could believe that this is completely unrelated like i i would believe that too because again vince mcmahon really does not pay attention to much to much so mm. like 100 percent, and i definitely want to believe that this was done in response to that because that's way funnier but it also could could just be a coincidence to be fair but i i want to believe it was done on purpose because that's <laughs> just hilarious <laughs> I'm sorry. I just I keep thinking about the memes. Somebody compared it to Gilbert's intro. Yeah, I saw that too. <laughs> when they literally have people with sparklers standing out on the thing. Yeah. No. Yeah. Oh man. That, that Poor John Moxley, man. He deserved better. 
I, they both did. They both did. <laughs> that uh, that's awesome. And again, oh, I I have actively hated WWE most of my life, and uh, pro- now more than probably ever, I have l- zero zero care or anything. But that's great. That's awesome. <sighs> well done. Well done, WWE. Well done. Oh man. All right. I think we've pretty much covered it all. Yeah, that was a lot. That was I'm a glad lot. I didn't I'm glad I didn't do all that at work like we were talking about doing earlier in the day. Yeah, that no. Was, as soon as you said that I was like no. No, no, no. That's a terrible idea. Anyway, that's uh all right. So that's a recap of um AEW <laughs> Revolution. Um let us know your thoughts oh, on the show oh, on Twitter uh, if you want. David Arquette isn't all elite yet. It was Christian, which is fine. But... Oh, we oh we totally skipped the fact that Christian Made it a I forgot Crap, not until so right bad. now, to be honest with you. I did too, because I just had the matches pulled up, and yeah, I'm just I I I'm, went over that. I'm part. Sure yeah, Christian made good. a debut. That's that's awesome. I'm all for it. Christian is the million times better version of Edge, who never got the respect that he deserved, <laughs> and is the one who can actually work and can actually talk and can actually make facial expressions and who actually doesn't suck. So uh, no, I love Christian. Always have. Um, so that's awesome. Love seeing, love seeing him there. It'll be interesting to see what they do with him because he's been retired for like eight years or something. Like he retired like the year after Edge or something like that. So and and you know he's come back and he was in the Rumble this past year and you know he's done stuff but has not regularly wrestled. So again, I don't know if they're gonna do a Sting thing or I, I don't know what they're gonna do with him or how much he's gonna work or what they're gonna do. Like you know, Big Show came to AEW and he's going to be a comment, you know, on commentary or whatever. Um, so I don't know what the role of Christian will be. It'll be interesting to see, but he's great. So regardless him just being around is a benefit. So I'm excited about it. So yeah, that, that was cool. That was cool. Anyone who was disappointed about that is an idiot. Cause that, 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 that's fun. But, um, I know, I know Harris was still set on CM Punk, but he needs to let it go. And well, I knew it wasn't going to be though. I, <laughs> You know what I was hoping for? Genuinely, what I thought would be the funniest possible option? Because at first people thought Christian had just signed a new WWE contract as like a Legends deal. And then as soon as people figured out he hadn't, then everyone was like, oh, well, it's got to be him then, right? Right. But like, that's one of those things where like they built it up so much and you're like, oh, well, it's probably Christian, right? And then it was. And you're like, okay, fine. And yeah, and that's fine. I really thought, like, this is what I heard. People were like, oh, yeah, it's just Big Show talking about himself, and that'll be his first <laughs> heel turn in the company. To be honest, that, that, would actually been, that actually would have been really funny. But, so, you know, it, it's fine. It was, it was good. I have no problems with it. I just don't know that much about Christian, so no strong feelings. I was just going to say, if oh, it had the, been the David one problem, Arquette, The one problem is we're not going to have his amazing entrance song. Yeah, I know. Oh, his entrance song is so good. That's one thing that I do hate is WWE. Now, they, they haven't in the past 10 years come up with good entrance songs. But for a long time, they had great entrance songs. And uh, so that that's kind of disappointing, having a certain people. But same thing with TNA. I still hate AJ Styles not having I Am I Am as his entrance theme or Get Ready to Fly. It just, just doesn't feel right. Same as Samoa Joe, TNA entrance theme. Way better than his WWE one. So... But that's what happens when you change companies. Can't can't. Anyway, all right. Yep. Let's let but, I gotta uh, go to bed, Mark. Yeah, let's no, wrap it up. I didn't mean to do this again. <laughs> yeah, but no, David Arquette. That was disappointing. One day, one day, man. David Arquette will be all elite one day. Um. All right. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at behind underscore gorilla and on Instagram at behind underscore gorilla. 
Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Mark Markbrand. And I'm at Harris Wilson. So go do that as well. Thanks so much for listening, guys. We will talk to you next time. 